0: Uh, welcome back to another to of Thoughts of to Brew. Again, I to do host of Master of to Dustbrew. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Live. Let's jump right into it, folks, because I got a lot to say today, let me tell you. Um, I just wanted to give a brief update before uh, we get into the meat of things, and that is this. I've decided that rather than my uh, Twitter and Instagrams just being sort of a vehicle for announcing these episodes, I think I want to begin posting sort of shorter versions of this. Not exactly this, but something not dissimilar. Sort of like short videos, just speaking, you know, what's on my mind, but just in a much more condensed and tight format. And I'd also like to... um, Start tweeting some of the thoughts throughout the week, because I know, you know, I know a lot of you just can't wait to listen to this episode and get some of my thoughts. So I thought I might start tweeting some of my daily thoughts. That way you don't have to wait a whole week for the next episode of my thoughts, because I listen, folks, I know. I mean, if this were an in-person interaction, I mean, you'd be lined up around the block to hear me talk, right? i know these things trust me i know i know you people you people i know But because we're not doing that i I just want to give you guys a taste i want to give you some more content because as gary v says content content is the most important thing you could put out just put out content every day doesn't matter if it sucks if it's great i mean sell your house sign away the rights to your children i mean start a business it's easy just deploy gratitude deploy empathy and you will literally succeed it's literally so easy i mean i did it i'm worth hundreds of million dollars because i literally just deployed gratitude oh yeah i i I also uh was an early investor in facebook twitter snapchat And, you know, the returns on those investments are probably in the hundreds of millions category. But ignore that and deploy gratitude. Anyways, enough Gary V. hate. So, yeah, look out for that. You know, if you agree with one of my thoughts, you can like it, you can comment. Tell me why I'm wrong because that's really what I want you to do. I really don't want to stand up here on my soapbox lecturing you all about who I am or what I, or, you know, about the truth of the world when really I don't know anything more than anybody else. So for that reason, I would love for all of you to, to please write to me and tell me what I'm wrong about. Give me your thoughts because your thoughts are important too and... Just tell me about it, man. Let's have a dialogue. Let's have a dialogue. Don't you love when somebody uses that word unironically and not referring to like a motion picture? They go, Can we just, uh, you know, I just think there's not enough dialogue about the African diaspora in the e- southeastern United States. It's always some complicated, global. Sort of... Like, it's always this overindulgent topic. It sounds like a thesis paper for a sociology doctorate. It's like... Just stop already. Enough already with with the... Let's start a dialogue. With the dialogue, people. Enough already, okay? Enough already. Enough! But I digress. So today... I was thinking about chaos. More specifically, I was thinking about being an agent of chaos. Now, I can't take full credit for this idea. But I can take probably 50% credit. Maybe 51. Maybe. I mean, can you give me that at one at extra 1%? It's like when Mark Cuban... <laughs> or when one of these, you know rich rich suits on shark tank they're like listen i know you're a busy housewife you got three kids and you got this business you got a great product just sign over the company to me yeah they're literally like listen i want to help you i want to help you but first i need to have a corporate takeover can we do that can i do a hostile takeover of your company but i promise it's for your benefit I'm going to help you. Just let me help you. Let me help you. Help me help you. Because in the end, when you help me, I help you. By taking a 51% stake of your company, thus becoming the controlling power, the controlling interest in your company, therefore I can make decisions without your consent about what to do with the company, the direction we're going, and ultimately... If we're gonna sell out, which the answer of course is yes. This is this is a pump and dump scheme, folks. If you really think Mark Cuban wants to sit in your crappy little office in in some nowhereville USA that you're renting above a freaking grocery store because you don't have enough money to have your own building and your own office space and you're just sitting there in your in your desk, and he's sitting there looking uncomfortable with all his luxurious ideas. I mean, your office is absolutely disgusting. He is he is disgusted by you and by your office, and you're sitting there going, Yeah, Mark, um, you know, it's a little tight financially right now, but, um... How do you think we can improve this? You know, what what do you think we can do differently for, in terms of marketing? You know, I just want to make sure we're reaching our full potential cuz I really love this product. I've poured my whole life into it. I've literally given up everything else. My marriage is on the rocks. My kids resent me. My neighbors loathe me. My my family is just disgusted by me. I had a job, but the, I had to quit it to commit commit myself fully to this company. And all my coworkers now hate me. I get hate mail. I get letters sent to me saying, you're a loser. You're pathetic. What are you doing? You look disgusting on Shark Tech. I watched that episode. You're absolutely horrendous. And now you're in tears, right? You're literally sitting in this absolutely just boring beige there's always a beige color scheme or a gray scale there's like a disgusting gray scale color scheme in this awful awful office space you've rented at the bare minimum and you're sitting there weeping about how your life has nearly been ruined by this company financially emotionally spiritually and you're just sitting there just Absolutely bearing it all to Mark Cuban, your vulnerability. And you know what happens? You know what happens in that moment? You're sitting there, you're you're crying, you're weeping, you're sniffling. And and, and Mark Cuban's sitting across from you. And you know what he says to you? He says, ah, Cheer up, kid. We've all been through it. Don't worry, don't worry, he says. Don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. And he reassures you in that moment. And you're like, aw, thank you, Mark. It is going to be okay, isn't it? Because that's the thing with with the present. Whenever something bad is happening, or you feel like your life's taking a bad turn... You don't know that it's going to be okay because you don't know the future. I mean, that's what's so great about the past. When you look at the past, you can, you can see that everything turned out all right for the most part. And so that's why you, you long for that past because you know that it felt good and you were okay. But in the present, when you don't feel good and you're not okay, you're like, man, when am I going to be okay again? That's why the past is so... It's that feeling of nostalgia. But anyways. So Mark Cuban reassures you. And the next day, guess what happens? You get a call. And Mark says, Hey buddy, how you doing today? And you say, Well, Mark, I think I'm okay. You know... I woke up this morning to kids screaming, you know, my my husband was loathing me, he was just staring daggers into the back of my head, and I had to get ready quick, and the kids were hungry, and I made their breakfast, and I burnt their pancakes, so they were crying, and they were mad, and telling me I can't cook, and I'm a horrible mother, and the dog was barking, and I... Gave him a treat to shut him up, and then he promptly threw up, cause he has a bad digestive system. And all my kids are upset, and I have to usher them out to school. And my husband leaves for his job, and doesn't kiss me goodbye. Just gives me a hug. Not even that some days. Just kind of like a, eh, see you later, honey, because the feeling's fading. I mean, let's just let's just say it how it is. The feeling is fading. And that's what it is, folks. The feeling's fading. So then I left my house, and I got in my car, and I drove to this terrible, terrible office space. And there's nowhere to park. And, you know, I got to do that thing where you drive around the block looking for a good spot. And, ooh, you see one? Oh, that spot looks real good. Then you get close to it, and you're like, ah! Freaking fire hydrant. Can't park there. What's with these fire hydrants? I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, think to yourself. When's the last time you've actually seen a fire department using a fire hydrant? I've never seen it in my life. Somebody please tell me. Like, seriously, send me a message. Telling me the last time you've seen a fire department actually use the fire hydrant. Because at this in this moment, I'm not convinced they actually need it. Do they actually use the fire hydrant? Let me know. Please let me know. But anyway. So I get out. You know. I finally find somewhere to park. And I got to dig around in my freaking car. Looking for loose change. and Then I put it in the meter. And I go in. And turn on the lights in the office. Get my computer set up. Check. Check my emails for the morning. Oh. Phone starts ringing. Who is it? It's Mark Cuban. Mark goes, "Hey, buddy. How you doing today?" And I go, "Well, I'm doing okay." Mark goes, "Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it, buddy. Hey, I got to I got to tell you something. I think we got to sell, man." And 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 you go, you go, "What? What sell?" Why would we sell? I mean, this is my whole life, radio. This is my blood, sweat, and tears. Mark just goes, yeah, sorry, pal. I crunched the numbers. It don't work for me. I'm sorry, but I got to sell. And unfortunately, I kind of had to pull the trigger. I had a good offer come in from an overseas client I know I'm good friends with. He offered me something good, so I took it. Sorry that I had to tell you this way. Uh, I really love working with him. I thought you had a great vision, but sometimes these things just don't work out. Cheer up, though. Cheer up, kid. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. Click. Phone's down. I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, Is this a fresh start, or is this just the beginning of the end? Ah, So, let's talk about chaos. More specifically, being an agent of chaos. Chaos. From the Greek chaos. Meaning, without order. Without pattern. In my life, I have attempted and... sometimes succeeded, some say succeeded, to impart a chaos to whatever social situation I find myself in. And what that means is, I try to find a way to surprise the human beings who I might run into. Whether it's somebody I know or somebody I don't know, there's always a way you can surprise somebody. And that's where the chaos comes in. You simply do things that are not part of the expected social behaviors. And people perk their ears up. It's like you lull them out of this hypnotic state of humanity that everybody's in. And suddenly they're alert to what you're doing. Usually this comes in the form of laughter, right? Like... I have several instances in my life where I've. My entire goal is to make someone laugh. I'll do anything for a laugh. I think it's honestly. It might be my greatest curse. I just want everyone I interact with to laugh. And I'll do almost anything to get it. I mean, I'll embarrass myself. I'll embarrass people or other people around me. But I'm not talking about like this sort of YouTuber outlandish it's just a prank bro type situation i'm not one of these oh it's just a prank bro relax that's not the kind of chaos i'm talking about i'm talking about more of a subtle chaos something that somebody would notice that they would probably laugh at just because it's just unexpected just something unexpected you know Um, A good example would be, we used to uh, do this in high school, me and a few friends of mine. It was kind of like a pratfall. If you don't know what a pratfall is, it's basically something they do in, in movies and television where an actor will overact falling down. Whether it's falling down the stairs, getting tripped, or tripping over something, but they just make the fall sort of look ridiculous and and cause a lot of havoc. And so me, me and a couple friends were prat falling all over the place. I remember the hallway would be absolutely crowded, packed full of people, and I'd just be walking along, do 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 do. And I just pick somebody. I go, oh, here comes George. I know him. This will be funny. And all I do is stick out my left leg, hook my ankle around his, and just toss it. I mean, absolutely toss it. Slam on the ground, usually with a dramatic sigh or some sort of yelp, and then look with a... With have a look of horror on my face and turn back and look at the the perceived villain in this situation and the amount of joy that this brought to not only my face but to a lot of people's faces around me just pretend falling just prat falling in an outlandish manner that is one of the chaos moments that i truly cherished doing it's just something to shake people up from the status quo and I just loved doing it. I mean, I did it constantly. I was addicted to it. And I would do it in the classroom. Classroom was more fun because sometimes it'd be quiet, you know. Everybody's working on an assignment or something. And I just stand up like to go sharpen my pencil and Oh. There's uh there's Lisa. I know her. She's a couple desks up from me. Oh, is that her foot? She has her foot sticking out there. Oh, this one will be easy. So I'm just walking, do 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 do. Hit her with that right ankle hook, bang! Hit the ground hard, and and by the way, all the floors in the school, man, hard. A lot of them were like linoleum, tile. I mean, there's a few carpeted rooms, but most of them, man, bang! Hit the ground, and it did hurt. I kind of felt like a Professional wrestler in that moment, it's like although I'm putting on a show for these people, there is the you know the danger of actual physical harm. But I don't care, baby. It's showbiz. It's just show business, baby. Pfft. A little sprained wrist ain't gonna stop me from prat falling. Ain't gonna stop me from getting a laugh, man. So bang, man. I would hit the ground, look up at Lisa and horn and go you trip me and the teacher looks at her and goes Lisa how could you do that and she's like what I didn't trip him I didn't do anything and then I just kind of look at him and smile and then he figures out that it was a joke and to be honest most teachers actually thought it was funny too as long as it wasn't during a test or something really serious I think they are honestly found it pretty amusing as well So that was one of the best examples of delivering chaos in the world that I uh, had in my own life. And it's just this, uh, it's such a philosophically beautiful moment. Because I just, I get so bored with the status quo. And I think a lot of people do. And we're always looking for something to shake things up, something to stir us from our from our slumber, to wake us from this 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 Xanax induced hypnosis. And I think delivering the minutia of chaos is just something brilliant, something very very brilliant. And I aspire to do it more. course with the current times we're living in there's not many people out in public where you where you can really do something crazy and get a nice reaction from it but i'm still trying to find ways to do it and uh if you have any suggestions please let me know i mean hit me up tell me how you've been an agent of chaos because i'd love to know uh some of your stories about being an agent of chaos or or you know what are you doing now like what 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 would you suggest I do to continue to shake the social status quo up because I think it's important for all of us to to keep ourselves you know awake keep ourselves pepped up keep ourselves going man just giving us that fervor of life man that's what we need we just need that fervor of life that that excitedness, that like every fiber of my being is twitching in perfect lockstep. That's the kind of enthusiasm we need. Because it's so easy. And I'm telling you from experience, it is so easy to slip into this negative bubble of energy. Just And it follows you. And it, and it begins to weigh on you. I mean, you can almost see it in, some, in the way people walk sometimes. They're just slower. They shuffle their feet more. Their head's down. Their shoulders are down. And you can just feel the weight of the world on them. And that's the people I'm looking for. If the perfect, the perfect subject for a delivery of chaos, in my opinion, is those people. The people that just have that gloom and doom resting upon them. And you just, man, you just, you just wrap your ankle around theirs and toss it and watch that gloom disappear. Even if only for a moment, you can see that gloom just float away a little bit. And what are you left with? The real human being that's been stuck under these layers of facade, these layers of of depression and anxiety about the world and negative energy. And, and for a brief moment, you see that, that raw, pure human being, full of life and enthusiastic about what they're able to do, man. We're alive. I mean, sometimes you just got to scream, I'm alive, man. And I don't want to do it now because I don't want to overload the audio. It'll distort the crap out of it. But sometimes you just got to go outside. Stand up Some right now. Here's what I would like you to do. I want you to stand up. I want you to go outside. And I want you to scream, I'm alive. I'm alive. I am alive that's what I would like you to do because you are alive and you probably only live once and for that reason you got to make the most of it now I'm not saying you need to do something extraordinary in terms of success or importance to society but just do something extraordinary for you that's what you need to do be be excellent for you be a spark for yourself man i don't know what it is but at the end of podcasts i always get preachy and like motivational speakery i apologize for that or if you like it i'll keep going but um yeah man i think it's just so fun and just a laugh man i'm telling you what the more I think about it, the more I think humor might be more essential than almost any other component of human emotion in terms of regulating our mood. There's just nothing better than getting a laugh out of somebody or laughing yourself. I mean, this is another high school moment. When you think back to those times, you're in class and it's all quiet and you're doing work and somebody says something funny to you and you and them... You both just bust out laughing, but you're not supposed to laugh and you can tell the teacher's about to yell at you and, oh, those are the best moments when, when you, when you know you're not supposed to laugh, it is literally impossible not to laugh and you're just sitting there, just giggling under your breath, trying so hard not to howl, not to howl laughing. I mean, those are one of the few times in life you literally want to howl laughing. But you can't because it's class and you're doing work and studying and, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's It's not proper to laugh. You're not allowed to have fun in serious situations, which really bothers the heck out of me. I mean, I love having fun and I refuse to be told when I can and cannot have fun. Like, why is it the two places we spend the most time, no joke, the two places we spend the most amount of time in our whole lives, we're supposed to be serious in all the time? School takes up the first 18 years, maybe first 22 if you go to college, and then the next 45 are dominated by work? And both of those situations demand some sort of professionalism. I did air quotes because professionalism is for losers. But they want, we want to be serious and be, oh, I'm serious. I do work because I'm very serious. Hello, my name is Mr. Serious. What is your name? Oh, you're Mr. Laughter? You're Mr. Have a Good Time? You're Mr. Shine a Light to the World? (laughs) Oh, you're disgusting. Get out of here, you filthy peasant. You mongrel. You peon. I crush you with with my eyes. My eyes burn a hole through the back of your head because my disdain for you drips from my skin like a sweaty, hot day at the beach. Man. You disgust me, you person who loves life and loves to laugh. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you so much. Oh, man, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> and they begin weeping and sobbing and going. I hate you, (laughs) because I can't keep it together, and my, my wife, she's, she loathes me, she resents me, because I don't spend enough time at home, and I'm working all the time, and I put my blood, sweat, and tears into this company, but nobody cares about it, and my kids, I burnt their pancakes this morning, and they don't, they don't appreciate me as a parent, and my, you know my coworkers; they look down on me. My employees don't respect me, and you know more important than anything. More important than anything. Mark Cuban, is going to do a hostile takeover of my small business, and sell it like mincemeat. It, he, it's the equivalent of buying a brand new Cadillac or a brand new Mercedes Benz and chopping it up for parts. That's what he did to my company. Thanks, Marky. Thank you so much.